Welcome to Oyana, a teenager's journey to self-love. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower, helping teenagers and parents to navigate through life and connect with their inner self. I'm your host and transformational coach, Carol Oakley, and thank you for tuning in. And uh, if it's your first time, welcome. And if it's not, uh, welcome back and thank you for your support. Now, today I have Jed Schaefer. Now, Jed is here to speak to parents about video games from a gamer's perspective. Now, Jed, he's been a gamer for 40 years and a parent for 15 years. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Um, I'm always going on about the weather, but I'm really happy to say that the weather in England is very nice at the moment, despite the time of the year. So I am very pleased, very pleased. And how's Detroit? How's the weather uh, in Detroit? It is a beautiful, uh, it's a beautiful day. It's like just on that cusp of summer to autumn. So mm-hmm. it's like mid, mid 70s uh, in Fahrenheit, at least, um, yeah. you know, just just the perfect weather for shorts and a T-shirt. But you're not you're not too cold. You're not too hot. It's just perfect, comfortable. Wonderful. It sounds a bit like the same sort of weather we're having at the moment. It's unusual in terms of temperature because it's normally a little bit colder, but it's, it's we're having a bit of an Indian summer at the moment, which I'm loving. I really am really lovely. I'm, I love that. I'm a bit of a sun baby. So <laughs> I just lo- I just love the sun. Now, Jed, um, before we kind of get into the, the belly of, in, of the interview, um, what would you like people to take away from your talk today? Why, why would they listen? Why, why should our listeners listen to you? Uh, well, what I do on my podcast is, like you said in your intro, I've, I've been a gamer for 40 years. I've been a parent for 15. Video games have a lo- you know, in gaming, video game, you know, gamers love video games, but there are some people out there who are afraid of video games, who view, who view video games with a skeptical or a downright negative eye. They blame them for society's ills. They blame them for crime and for, uh, and for the, you know, for kids being misbehaving or, or whatever. And I want to be a positive voice out there uh, for parent, for both gamer parents and non-gamer parents. You know, to gamer parents, I want to say, hey, look, you're being a, you're a parent now. You're a gamer at the same time. This is brand new to all of us because our parents weren't gamers because mm. they didn't because they didn't exist. Of course. So we're the first generation. I'm late Gen X, early millennial. Like I'm born '77, so I'm I'm that very first generation of gamers, and we're making up the rules as we go along. So mm-hmm. I want I'm, to gamer parents. I'm saying, hey, look. You need, you don't know what you're doing. You feel kind of lost. Come with me. I'll give you the benefit of my experience to non-gamers or I'm sorry, to non-gamer parents. I'm here to say your child's hobby is not something to be frightened of. It's something that they love. It's something that you can, you don't have to love, but you can appreciate. It's a different side of them. And here are the things that you need to know, both good and bad Uh that you need to be aware of as a parent so you can connect with them on that level and be more effective parents. Wonderful. Wonderful. And I can't wait to get into this interview. I've been looking forward to this interview and I've got, I've got a, you know, a, a young son who's into gaming as well. So um, he's, uh, I told him that I, I, I was interviewing, interviewing you and he's like, Oh mom, I, you know, I can't wait to listen to this interview. So um, yeah, let's, 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 let's get into it and um, okay. let's see where the conversation takes us. So I'm um, obviously, I kind of, 
did a little bit of an intro, but it'd be great to um, just tell our listeners a little bit about your background, please. Uh, sure. Well, I've, uh, I'm, like I said, I'm 44. I've been married 18 years. I have three boys, uh, two uh, or a twin 15 year old sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was born with special needs. Um, he is. Uh, it's a large grab bag of, of issues that he has because he was born with a syndrome called golden heart syndrome, which uh, is a craniofacial anomaly issue. There's some spinal development. Um, so he was born with cleft lip and palate. He uh, partially sighted part uh, moderate hearing loss, uh, but full faculties and he goes to high school. He's just as normal as anybody else. Yeah. Um, have a nine-year-old son as well. Uh The oldest twin and the youngest boy both have ADHD, and the oldest boy also has clinical depression. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Uh, Been, like I said, been married 18 years uh, to my best friend. Mm -hmm. Um, She also has clinical depression. Apparently, it it runs in the family. Um, I'm originally from the West Coast. My wife is originally from the East Coast. We, she moved here to Michigan when she was young, and we met over the internet uh way back in the you know the the dawning days of the internet back in the okay. AOL chat rooms and <laughs> and, and GeoCities web pages yeah. <laughs> um I've worked in the healthcare industry for about 20 years now mm-hmm. um developing uh programs for health insurance companies to pay claims um they're not as evil as everyone thinks they are <laughs> okay <laughs> uh yeah, and, and uh, you know that's that's me. I'm just I'm, I'm a regular I'm a regular guy, middle class dad. Uh huh. With lots of stories, you know, lots yeah. of experience. Yeah, yeah, lots of wealth of experience by the sounds of it. You know, yeah. wonderful, wonderful. So you're here to talk about obviously a, a gaming. Now, as you said earlier, um, in your kind of like in your intro, you your you know your your mission is to demystify gaming. Please enlighten us, you know, from, you know, both sides, from a, obviously a gaming parent and a non-gaming parent, please. Okay. Well, for gamer parents, they already know what gaming is. What the challenge there is, is that we don't know how to game it. Being a gamer and being a parent at the same time is a balancing act. I can't play a game that requires a hundred hours, you know, that has a hundred hours worth of content without that making a significant dent on my time Mm. that, you know, one of my boys is in the little league. One of my, uh, one of the twins is one of my youngest boys in karate. There's PTC. I work 40 hours a day. I'm a dad. I'm a husband wife, you know, wife is a mom and a, and a, and a wife. And, and, you know, we've got commitments and it's, trying to balance these things out at the same time it's also governing the kids making sure that the content is appropriate for their age making sure online access you know when do you allow them online access because online gaming can be really really dodgy i mean there's Mm. there there's there can be some bad characters online in a gaming community so it's knowing when your child is mature enough to to be able to do that um 
other things like uh, the mechanics of gaming, like loot boxes, which are these kind of like surprise mechanics where you you pay a certain a small amount of money and you get a randomized item or a randomized uh uh, stat boost or whatever and those can be easily exploited you see them a lot in mobile games you know like pay 99 cents get this treasure chest and get a new character mm. you don't know what you know um so it's, it's it's educating parents of how to navigate all of these landmines that they may not have thought of because they might be a little too close to the forest to really see the trees for non-gamer parents it's starting from scratch. It's going, okay, look, yes, your kid seems to spend, a, you know, the whole weekend playing Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto or whatever. It's not bad. It's, I mean, it can't, there are ways that it can become bad. Gaming addiction is a real medical condition, but you don't have to be afraid of the video games. You don't have to, you, you don't have to worry that it's going to turn your child into a criminal they can be positive. There can be life lessons learned. There can be, there are games that, that deal with mental health, that teach morality, uh, that teach equality, uh, you know, whether it's gender, sexuality, race, religion, there could be so much positive gain from it. And it's nothing to be afraid of. Okay. So what is the, I mean, you've, you've said lots of things there. Um, okay. Let me dissect what you've just said a little bit so in terms of like time because time's a big thing isn't it you know obviously yes. especially at the weekend obviously the children you know there's a percentage of children that and they spend a lot of time um on their you know on their consoles or whatever how what kind of advice would you give a parent um to give to their child in, you know because obviously some children get up in the morning and they're, they're on it all day I mean surely that can't be a, a, a good thing you know, being on it all day for every day, well, definitely over the weekend. So what, what do you say to that? What kind of advice would you give parents with children who are absolutely a, a, addicted to, you know, obviously um, gaming all weekend? And I'm sure sometimes during the week when they come home from school. Uh, that's a great question. There's kind of a, it's, it's a multifaceted response depending on the situation. So yeah. if it's just, that they're playing a lot of games. Um, there are definitely time management solutions that you can accomplish. Uh, I mean, obviously, first talk with your kids, see if you can establish boundaries without having to resort to technological solutions. Uh, if they are not, if they can't deal with that, if they can't self-govern and say, okay, I've played for an hour, now I have to focus on my homework, you have a couple of options. Um, if you are a gamer, you are fortunate enough to be able to have your child's account be a sub account on your account. Mm -hmm. And with that, there are parental controls. You can say you can only play Monday, Wednesday, and Friday because you've got baseball practice on Tuesday and Thursday. Mm -hmm. You can only play from four in the afternoon to six in the uh, six in the evening. You can set whether it's cum whether it's hour based or cumulative time based. You can set those. Um, my internet service provider has a way to do not only the same thing at the app level, I can just shut off the Wi-Fi connection to their, uh, to my kids' devices. I could pick individually and say, okay, your PlayStation, cut off. Mm. 
not all systems can do that, yeah. but that is becoming more and more uh, prevalent with the larger uh, internet service providers. So if you have to go that route, that's an option. Now, the other side of it is that if it truly is a gaming addiction, not just addicted to games, but using the addiction like one would be addicted to gambling or drugs or sex or something like that. That is a real condition that can be dangerous, that can be lethal. Yeah, I mean, it It can real because it's not just an addiction, it's a mental health issue mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, like all addiction has its roots, not in the item that's being abused, but in something else. And what they're using, what they're abusing is their escape valve. So that requires professional help, therapy, uh, detoxification, rehab, getting to the root of the problem. And that, that's a far, that's a far more complicated uh, situation. Yeah. Um, and if you're worried that your child has that, I mean, that the, the signs of gaming addiction are pretty similar to the signs of like drug addiction. Is their hygiene, do they no longer care about their hygiene? Are they uh, neglecting to eat, neglecting to sleep, neglecting their health, um, neglecting social connections is mm-hmm. there are there are there studies going are they letting their studies go when you see those types of situations that's when it stops being they're playing too much and they're they're addicted that's right. yeah that's when you need professional help great 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 so it sounds to me that you have you know it's kind of setting boundaries but you know by the sounds of it just making sure that they you know fit within those boundaries so whether it's an hour after school you know during the week or whatever three hours during the weekend that's you know you need to put these sort of boundaries in place and they should um stick to stick to it yeah and it's really the the age is also kind of part of it too is that it's a lot easier i don't want to say it's easier because teenagers can be teenagers um but you have a better chance of sitting down and talking with a teenage gamer of, Hey, listen, after schooling, you need to come home and you need to do your chores and make sure your homework is caught up. And then you can game for an hour. Whereas with a nine-year-old, you're probably going to have to resort to some type of technological parental control because, Mm -hmm. and a nine-year-old's got no self-control. They would eat, they would eat cake and pie for dinner if we (laughs) let them. So brilliant brilliant so in terms of because what about behavior because i know you know once you get into a game you know you get really excited you get into it but you know i'm sure there's um there is a percentage of kids that you know behavior changes or what would you say to that in, in terms of you know them getting i don't know maybe the personalities start changing i mean do you see that do you do you hear that from parents because obviously you you've got a podcast which we can talk about a little bit more later but is that one of the concerns that parents um ask uh parents do have those concerns typically that's more of a non-gamer parent concern uh because really i don't want to say it's unfounded because there's no, I mean, there's no such thing. No kid is the same and it is possible. I I can't rule it out as impossible, but it's so improbable because the gaming 
I mean, that the argument of this game drove my kid to suicide or this game made my kid uh, a criminal yeah. or, or whatever. That's the same argument that we heard in the 50s when Elvis was on TV and they said, don't shoot him from the waist down because he's too sexual and it might make kids go run out and have sex. It's the same argument we heard in the 80s with heavy metal and Dungeons and Dragons. It's, it's generational of every time there's a new fad, people want to blame the fad for the kid's behavior mm. and not and not look at, but where were the parents on that? Right. You know, yeah. What did the parents do? Yeah. So I, I again I can't say that it's impossible, but I would more say that if your kid is leaning more, if the kid has more of a depressed, dark mindset, they're probably going to lean more towards dark, depressed video games. Mm. They're, you know, that a kid who's dealing with clinical depression is not going to play something that's shiny and happy like super mario brothers they're mm. gonna play something with darkness and you know god of war or uh something that deals with darkness and depression so um i would say that it if you're worried that your the games are affecting your child's attitude dig deeper find out what their attitude is and find because the game is probably more a reflection than a cause right so it's kind of based on whatever they're going through or their personality. Because like anything, you're you're depending on the type of person you are, you're attracted to whatever, you know, obviously you're attracted to, depending on, you know, your interests or how you are mentally by the sounds of it. Yes. Yeah. It's just the it's just the same as like I I know when I was a teenager, I listened to, I was a teenager in the early 90s, so it was the grunge music of Nirvana and Pearl mm. Jam and stuff like that. You know, music that was all about teen angst. Well, yeah. I'm not a teen anymore, so now I listen to that and I go, <laughs> that was <Yeah>. cute. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. If your teenagers, if the media that they're choosing is, if they have a certain mood, they're going to consume media that reflects that mood. And that, okay. that extends to video games, but the video games didn't cause the mood. They're just a, like I said, they're a reflection of it. Great. Yeah. I completely, completely get that. Now what about, um, um, cause obviously there's different levels of obviously gaming, you, you know, there's some kids you just do it just for the fun of it, but then, I think I don't know much about gaming, but I know that there's different levels and you can get to a point where you become a real serious gamer and you start doing competitions and, and stuff like that. I mean, how, t tell us a little bit about, about that side of things in terms of, cause I mean, I can imagine that being quite addictive in trying to be part of, you know, doing competitions or tournaments as well, you know? Yeah. It'd be, I'm yeah. interested to know, you know, that side of things. That is, that's a whole different beast of gaming. That is a relatively newer thing that, I mean, um, the, the time investment that's required to become a professional gamer is, it's on par with the time investment that it would require to become uh, proficient at piano or, or be a champion level tennis player or, you know, name a hobby where there is an expert level that's the kind of time investment that gaming would require right. it it's it, it's just as strategic it's just as uh in depth it requires it it, it doesn't just require gameplay it requires study that's of 
you know, of, of strategies, of opponents, of, of other people playing to absorb different methods, you know, well, finding that whether you want to play on computer or console, there are different control methods. It's a massive time investment. And yeah. I know that a lot of kids have that dream. My kids, mm. <laughs> both of them have been like, both of them have said, hey, dad, if I play Fortnite tonight, there's a tournament and I can win $250,000. Yes. And, and I go, yeah, you and about 17 other million kids across the world think that. That's and right. You're in a deep competition. So for every kid that believes that, you know, that thinks that tonight's the night that they're going to play whatever, Fortnite or Apex Legends or Rocket League or whatever, name your game. Um, and that they're going to go in and they're going to become a pro. No, you don't spend a couple hours a night playing and becoming a pro. It You pretty much have to turn it into a living. You have to turn right. it into playing six, eight, ten hours a day. And you can't just, you can't play Fortnite for a couple. If, you're, if your focus, say, is Fortnite. Yes. You can't play Fortnite for two hours and then flip over to Grand Theft Auto and then flip over to Call of Duty and then flip over to this. Fortnite's the only thing you get to play. Right. And you only and you play it daily for huge chunks of time. Right. And it is an investment of time, of energy, of resources. And that's something that if a kid is truly serious about it, mm. there are leagues, there are uh there are leagues that can help develop that skill. There are coaches that can help develop that skill, but it's definitely something that has to be monitored and nurtured and, and regimented because yeah, it could easily backslide into near, you know, it could backslide into addiction because yeah. it's just as easy to neglect it because you're practicing as opposed to just because I'm playing and goofing off. Yeah. So how can parents control that? I remember watching a documentary some time ago about a, a child who was on that level and he spent a lot of his time just, you know, gaming and I don't know what game it was, but he did end up being pretty good. And he was, you know, going to tournaments around the world and, you know, obviously he was monetizing, you know, as well. And the mom just seemed to be quite cool with him doing that. It was just like, you know what? That's his passion. You know, he's very good at what he does. I'm just letting him do what he does best. His um, schooling is not affected and he's got a right balance. And it seemed, you know, she seemed to have the right attitude. Um, but I, I guess there might, might be some parents out there who might be concerned that their child, you know, are spending too much or they might not be I don't know they might not be um they may not see the 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 work that they need to do or they just think that they just you know they're just going to be gamers overnight not really realizing that there is a lot of hard hard work that needs to go into it um and there might be I mean that 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 boy I'm talking about obviously he was well disciplined and he had a very good relationship with his mum you know and he kind of was able to balance the two but, you know, I'm sure there's children out there who are not into schooling or, or, or will be happy to neglect their schooling because they want to be this professional gamer. How what kind of advice can you, you know, can you give parents out there who for children who are like that, who are just neglecting their their their, um, you know, their schooling because they want to live this pipe dream of being a professional gamer? If your child is in that on that side of it that they're yeah. that they're neglecting their schooling already um 
you're going to have to have a hard sit down with your kids and just be honest and communicative about the fact that the realities of being a pro gamer require that kind of balance require, you know, you, that if you're already neglecting your schoolwork, adding on an activity that almost demands all of your free time Mm. isn't going to be realistic. Yes. It, it, and, you know, to top off, actually to go back before that, even it does require the parent to do some research, whether you're a gamer or a non-gamer parent, it requires, you know, come to that kid with facts and say, okay, look, pro gamers have coaches, pro gamers, uh, require travel pro gamers uh spend x amount of time and they get sponsors and there's investments you know a lot of these pro gamers are also streamers which streaming requires cameras and editing Mm. and software and special you know high-end computers it's a it's an investment of money as well as time so parents if your kid is interest in being you know if they got dreams of being a pro gamer but they just can't even maintain taking out the trash and uh you know they they're scraping by with a c minus average you're gonna have to talk with parents are gonna have to do what they don't want to do and have an uncomfortable talk and say look the realities of life are you can't even keep up with what you got to do and you're not yet yes you think it's going to get better when all of your free time is dedicated to this Mm. and here and here's the realities here's what you're going to need to do to become a pro gamer and there's a million other kids out there that think that they're also going to become a pro gamer what makes you special yeah like it's you're just you're you're gonna have to kind of pop their balloon unfortunately yeah yeah. And um, obviously you said that your your twin boys are, are gamers and you're a gamer as, as well. So just give us a little yeah. bit. How, how does it work in your in your household? Do you all kind of sit down and play games together? I mean, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great to know how you how you manage that within your within your house. Sure. So um, when we play together. OK, let me back up. We've all got our own consoles. OK, uh, my child, my youngest child has a Nintendo Switch. My Older two and myself both have PlayStation 4s, and we also have a Nintendo Wii in our basement. Now, when it comes to the PlayStations, well, when it, let me say this. When it comes to the brothers, they play a lot together because they all play a lot of online games, and so they typically play online games with each other. Uh, because the nine-year-old is nine, <laughs> um, yeah. he, you know, he plays things that are more age-appropriate, so sure. Fortnite, which is very... Fortnite looks, even though it's a shooter game, it looks like a comic book. It's very colorful and bright and pretty. Uh, so he's playing, you know, he plays that um, with his older brothers. When it comes to the family, I'm not an online gamer usually. I'm more, I'm much more of a solo gamer. But when we do play games, we play family-oriented games. Mm-hmm. So things like Wii Sports, where you you know where you have the oh, controller yes. that you yeah. waggle around, and you know uh-huh. we you know we blow out our shoulders over swinging on Wii Tennis, yes. um, uh, or Rock Band, where all the controllers are instruments. So you know we'll we'll swap out. You know for this song, I'm singing in in my wife's playing drums, and the boys are playing guitar and bass, and then the next song. We all swap around. Uh, Mario Kart, which is just a great sit-down 
you know, everyone's on one screen. We all play together. Uh, party games like Mario Party or, or uh, You Don't Know Jack, stuff like that. Those are great family bonding experiences, great family fun. That's when we really play together is stuff that we can involve everyone in at the same time. Wonderful. So it can be a social kind of family um, occasion. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is wonderful. Just going back to kind of the influence of um, sort of gaming and everything, what would you say to a child, uh, a parent who is so kind of anti-gaming because especially when the games that are, uh, they feel is quite um, um, aggressive, you know, like, the, you know, the sh- there's lots of shooting and fighting and killing. Um, and then... I guess their child wants to now, because of that, they feel that their child and their child now wants to be in the army, you know, in the army. And that parent thinks, you know what, they want to be in the army is because they've been playing all these games, you know, they, you know, because all the shooting and it's, you know, it's influenced their, their decision. What, What would you say to that parent? You know, it's entirely possible that the gaming could have inspired them to be, you know, to want to join the armed forces. I would say, at you know, have that again. That's gonna uh, that requires communication. Sit down with the child and have a discussion. Mm. Okay, look, you know, okay, look. Here's what the army is. The army is not running around with a, a little radar that you could look at and see where everybody is, and it's not having an endless supply of guns, and it's not every you know. If you get shot, you respawn thirty seconds later. It's not constant. You know the the world is not at constant war all the time. Yes. Most, you know, you could say most time spent in the army is spent at a boot camp doing push-ups and running through obstacle courses <laughs> and just doing routines over and over again. And it can yeah. get boring. Mm-hmm. And if you do go to combat, here's the realities of it. So you, you just have to have the, you have to be communicative with your kids. I mean, yes kid i mean aside from the fact that kids crave that kind of communication yeah you don't know what they don't know it but they do crave that communication and to be treated like an equal sit down and have a talk with them and just lay it out as up for real but and don't don't be angry at the game because that I mean, honestly if that kid was interested in in being in the armed forces they probably would have gotten that idea too from watching you know like an arnold schwarzenegger movie sure Sure. So it's, uh, it's it's not about all about the gaming. It's not. It sounds to me it's not the thing. Is not to blame the gaming or bl- blame the games. You know, it's uh, very much about um, having a communication, having communication with your child about whatever you know, whatever they they're interested in, or and any concerns that you have. You know, and I, and I think I think you said earlier you were saying it's a good time to really get to know your child you know, to sit down and and get to know what they're doing and what they're interested in. And and you may not want to be that interested or you may not want to get into the belly of what they're doing, but it's just showing an interest in what they're doing. I think that's key as well. And not being dismissive about what they're doing, as I I think as well, you know, because it may not be your thing, but it's their thing. And it's kind of respecting their thing, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, as I as I mentioned a little bit ago, my boys are not. My boys are almost completely online gamers, and I am almost completely offline. Yeah. We share we share very few video games, but 
when they come downstairs and they're like, dad, you never believe it. I just got a triple double in NBA 2K or I just <laughs> I, I just got a, a 45 kill streak in Call of Duty. They're excited. That means something to them. Mm. So we so you listen and you acknowledge and you go, hey, cool, bro. That's really neat that you uh, that you made that accomplishment, that you got yeah. that trophy, that you did whatever. And maybe you share your own accomplishment. Yes. Or if you don't, or if you don't, if you're not a gamer, you just acknowledge and go, Hey, good job. I'm glad mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm glad that you, uh, that you saved the princess or whatever, whatever, <laughs> go, you know, whatever goal it was, you, you just yeah. acknowledge that it meant something to them yes. and that'll, you don't have to like it, but at least validate it. Yeah. Love that. Love, 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 love that. Now, what advice would you, can you give a child who want to, uh, who wants to uh, design video games? Because, you know, that's a, a career in itself, isn't it? Yes, it is. That is a, that is a difficult road. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, to be on, I mean, I'm just being honest here. It's being a designer. I mean, there's a lot of different designs. There's art design, mm-hmm. there's graphic design there's story design, there's sound. I mean, it, there's there's as many, if not more, jobs in the design phase of a video game than there are in a movie. Yeah. So one would be you got to know what you want to do. If you are an artist, you're probably going to want to steer towards more art design. If you really want to get into programming, you better know math. And there's a million different options. Go online of junior programming uh classes and fairs and competitions learn programming watch videos you're going to need to take it in college (laughs) absolutely um but once you get to that point i think parents if if their kid if a kid says i want to be a game designer the it's the parent's job they've got to let the kids know the realities also of of game design and the biggest design the biggest illusion the kids have and my kids had it yeah so i had i had to pop their balloon on this one which was game design is not playing games Mm. it's 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 like making a movie is not watching a movie well same thing here playing designing a game is sitting in front of a cue a computer and typing endlessly and fine tuning and testing and refining. It's like building a car. Absolutely. It's not as fun as it sounds. It is a lot of grueling work and you can go on to YouTube. You can go on any video gaming website, uh, whether it's GameSpot or Giant Bomb or Kotaku, and you can interview, you can read interviews with uh, designers and they'll say, I've worked on this game so long. I'm sick to death of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't want to play their end result because they've been working on working this game. On it. Yeah. yeah, two years, three years, five years. Okay. Ten, um, the world record for longest development was, was it 14 years for a game? Uh... So the re- you got to let the kids know the realities of it, that it is not as, it's not fun. fun. It, no. you, might, you might, if you like programming, it'll be fun, but it's not sitting there and playing the game. Yeah, there's two different things here. There's a lot of grafting, there's a lot of time, there's lots, it can be intense, it's yeah. <laughs> there's deadlines, there's <laughs> Yeah, maybe if you want Maybe if you want Sorry, yeah. go, go ahead. What, once maybe you've done if, it, maybe, no, if they want, yeah. maybe if they want to get into 
something that is a little less labor intensive on the game design, like voice acting yeah. or, you know, um, story, story design. I interviewed a story designer um, on my show a couple months back yeah. and that is writing. Mm. I mean, it's writing on demand. They will tell you, okay, we need 10 characters for this game about hackers and each person's a, a unique uh, person. So we need 10 characters, 10 backgrounds, 10 descriptions, go. So yes. now you've got to create 10 characters with 10 life stories, but it's creative and it's not sitting there graphing and designing and yeah. 3D models and programming language. Exactly. So it's it really depends on what side of it the kid wants to get into. Yeah. And there is a side and it's just do your homework. Yeah. And just uh, as a parent, it's just going on that journey with them, help them research, you know, try and like you said, there's lots of things on YouTube. There's lots of resources out there and giving them a, an informed, you know, way of, um, you know, looking at things um, and opening their eyes to what they're interested in and what they want to go in, you know, what, what they want to get into. Yeah, because um, like you said, it's just two different things here. Playing and actually having a career is two different things here. Now, yeah. Jed, you yeah, you mentioned your your podcast, um, which is called the Gamers Podcast Strategy Strategy Guide. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah. and how how's it going? How's it how's it going? Uh, it's it's going all right. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's a uh, it's a bit of a it's building an audience slowly but surely. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's going good. Um, so the the podcast, as we, you know, as we talked about earlier, it's it's because I'm a gamer and a parent. That's the whole idea of the gamer parent strategy guide is is talking about topics that get, that people will encounter, whether it's serious stuff like gaming addiction or it's uh, how can I play games while my wife is pregnant? Mm. You know, should I play games when my wife is pregnant? Okay, but, uh, or yeah, um. Or the newborn phase. Okay, I'm a gamer, but now I have a newborn. What do I do? Can I, is it, do I even have time to play games? Uh -huh. It's microtransactions. It's, it's a, the millions of different ways that, that gaming impacts your life that you don't know. Yeah. And it's me dissecting that. So sometimes I have guests on and we talk about a topic. Sometimes it's a, it's a direct interview because there it's a someone who specializes in the subject yes uh and sometimes it's me solo going on about something because it's i don't need a guest and it impact you know i can yeah. just get it out better uh but it it comes out every thursday uh-huh um, and uh it, and it's available on all the major podcast uh channels apple google spotify amazon youtube mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Wonderful, wonderful. I'm just out of interest before we move on. So what would, because you mentioned earlier, you talk about all sorts of things. I'm interested to know how do you deal with or uh, a gamer um, deal with like their, you know, their partner being pregnant? How how do you get around that? How does it get? <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> that's, oh man, um, that's, I think honestly, you kind of have to back burner gaming at, at that point. Yeah. Um, you might be able to sneak it in, but uh, I, my, my in-laws have, uh, and I'm sure more people than my in-laws have said it, but um, my in-laws live by the phrase of happy wife, happy, happy life. That's it. <laughs> and, that. uh, and I, and, and I absolutely subscribe to that. Uh -huh. And there is no more point in time, you mm. know, in a, in a woman's life 
that you want to keep her 100% happy than when she's pregnant. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Because the wrath that you will incur if you anger her is like slasher movie level bad. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I, you know, unless she's a gamer or unless she's got some type of hobby that'll keep her busy that you don't mind, she won't, she's like, hey, go ahead and play. Yeah. You back burner it. You just, yeah. it's, it's, it's a few months. Exactly. That, you know, let it breathe. It's not, you know, you'll get to it in time. Mm-hmm. That, that, ga- that game will always be there. You will always be able to come back to it and play it. Yeah. Yeah. Does that have interested, Jed? How, I mean, how many hours do you play, you know, during the week? Gaming, not, would you say? Not many. Um, probably, uh, probably maximum four. Okay, maybe five, that's not maybe much five. At all. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, weekdays it's re- it's difficult. Uh, be- between job and cooking dinner and cleaning the house yeah, and just life helping stuff. with homework. Yeah, just live yeah. stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't have a lot of time during the weekdays. Weekends is really the only time I got going, and I pretty much have to wake up early and beat my youngest kid to the TV downstairs. Okay, okay. Be able to <laughs> then I can secure it for gaming for a couple of hours. But if he gets down there, then I'm stuck watching Disney tween sitcoms for you know until like <laughs> until like noon. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's not a whole lot, but I you know I cherish the time that I get. Wonderful. And and and, and has um the current climate changed gaming at all? Just out of interest, you know, say COVID. I mean, has that changed gaming? Oh, yeah. That's changed gaming a lot in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, online, for, for one, online gaming exploded. Mm-hmm. Uh, gaming even overall, uh, there was a 91% increase in, in uh, gaming sales. In, yeah, I can imagine. Uh, by, by the time 2020 rolled over. Yeah. 91%. I mean, that's a huge, huge gain. Yes. It, people felt the need to be connected and to have something to do. So online gaming went nuts uh, it, it, because it was a way to connect with other people because you couldn't see other people. Yeah. Um, and just overall, it changed. I mean, because, you know, so much more time spent at home, so much more downtime, especially during uh, when school was was remote, uh, it just changed the amount of time gaming. It changed the gaming industry. Games are kind of slower to come out now because a lot of the developers had to be sent home. And it's mm. a lot harder to work from, a lot harder to work on your home PC than it is on these specialized PCs they have at the development places. Okay. So it changed the industry. It changed the way that games are being released. Uh, it's, I won't say it's a completely different industry than it was back in 2019, but it is definitely an, an altered path. And I don't, there are some ways that I don't think gaming will ever get back to what it was before, but what, what will at this point, really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before I ask you, before I ask you my big life questions in terms of just in terms of safety, because obviously it is open, you know, obviously you're, you're connecting with people. You can connect with people all over the world. How can parents control that? You know, their their child connecting with, with, with strangers as it were that that's another conversation uh, the answer is, an, is another awkward conversation with your kids because to be honest unless you are not allowing them to be online there is no real control mm. um you you have to hope 
that the developers and the publishers and the and whether it's console or PC, uh, the platform that they're using, you have to hope that they will govern. Right. And they really and they only regovern on really govern on a reactionary basis. So if your kid is online playing Fortnite and some other person cusses them out, it's your kid's responsibility now to report that person to the console maker or to the game manufacturer, and then they will deal with it. So in that regard, you kind of have to have, you have to have a conversation with your kids and say, look, online gaming unfortunately requires you to confront some really bad actors out there. There are going to be people who are going to, uh, want to coax you into situations that you don't want. They're going to, you know, just like stranger danger, you know, mm. <laughs> come in the van, come in the van. I've got a puppy and a piece of candy. Well, people do that online that, Hey, let me sit, you know, come meet me and I'll get you a $50 PSN card or, or just language. I, for, uh, cause I also write a column. That's the same thing as the podcast, but just written form. Um, I did a column where I played Fortnite for a week because I don't play Fortnite. I've never been interested, but I wanted to know what kids found in it, what they okay. like about it. Okay. So I, so I figured play the game so I can say firsthand what it was. Yes. There was a situation. I was in a public lounge and I was the only adult in the room. <laughs> the only one. Everyone else in that in that lounge was below puberty. Okay. And there was a couple of boys who were speaking a different language and there was a couple of boys who were English speaking. Mm -hmm. And one of the English speaking boys was trying to get the attention of one of the non-English speaking boys. And it wasn't working because of the language barrier. And this kid who no older than 10 tops, what are you from an effing different country? You speaking in a, a, a mm, different effing language? What is that? Effing Mexican? Did I, oh, yeah. Language. Yeah, okay. just total. I mean, literally three F bombs in a 10 second span. Mm. And, and racism, assuming that it was, I mean, he didn't even call it Spanish, he called it Mexican. So, racism and vulgarity from a kid that would be the same age as my, you know, would be going to the same grade as my youngest. Yes. And I was just like, I, I couldn't believe it. I was shell shocked. I mean, mm. I knew that, that I knew that that existed, yeah. but knowing it and hearing it is just different. And I was just, unfortunately you can't as a parent screen that out without shutting down access. So you have to talk to your kids and say, you're going to encounter racism, yes. homophobia, misogyny, vulgarity overall. Mm-hmm how you respond to it is going to be, you, you're going to have to tell them how, you know, what the best way is to respond to it, ignore it, report it. Don't take it personally. And some yeah. of that's hard to do. Yeah. I mean, do you know, when you say report it, I mean, we could just go on and go on, but just very quickly um, before I, I, like I said, go on to my big life questions. When you say report it, I mean, do you know, I mean, do these, Gaming companies, do they do something about, do, you know, what's the percentage? Do they do anything about it? Uh, it uh, you know, from if, your own if experience. I'm, 
if a person is a is a repetitive bad actor, I mean, if they've been reported for something, because they because every video game has terms and conditions that you have to agree with to be able to play online. Yeah, and all and all of them do say no racism, no homophobia, no vulgarity, da, 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 da. million different conditions. Yeah. Uh, so if someone is a repetitive bad actor, they will t- they can take extreme precautions. They can ban someone for a long period of time, a month, okay. a year, forever, if they really, really cross the line or they're a repeat beat offender. But you don't know if they are or not. So it, odds are, if you complain about someone, you know, maybe they get kicked off for two hours, maybe they get kicked off for a day tops. It's it, the punishment is not going to be that big, unfortunately. Okay. Mm. So you kind of it, it's unfortunate you you hope that 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 little slap on the wrist will teach them don't do it again unfortunately there's always you know there's always people a headset and mic gives a and the anonymity of a screen name gives a lot of people a lot of false courage and there's no unfortunately there's just no shortage of people like that so yeah yeah it's 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 about a it's not really all that effective to be honest. Yeah. So it, it, like you said, it's like you, you know, as a parent, you have to have a, you know, honest conversation with your, with your child and let them know what's out there and who's out there and how to respond and react to, you know, things. Um, it's just like life really. And it doesn't even have to be yeah. on, you know, it doesn't even have to, you know, um, it doesn't have to relate to the gaming world. It's also just being out on the street isn't it you have to kind of really educate your your child on how you know how to maneuver and how to navigate themselves when they're out in the big wild world but the difference is obviously they're getting it and hearing it um by some or with someone who they don't even who they don't know or they can't see you know and that's why there's lots of what they're called trolls that do what they do because they're you know they you know they they they're hiding behind a screen you know they're hiding behind a screen which is uh yeah that's the that's the thing isn't it that's the um the danger out there is that you know there's people that you can't see that person you know you you can't describe that person you know um but anyway anyway it feels like you know the, i think the crux of the matter is is that with parents you have to constantly communicate know what your child's doing you know, and not let them just get on with it. It's just showing, you know, showing some interest in knowing, you know, about their, you know, about their their gaming and what and what and what they're doing, and not leaving them to their own devices by the by, by the sounds of it. Now, yeah, Jack, like I, I, sorry, go ahead. I, you know, I was just going to piggyback and say that it's like he said, it's like just about any other action um, interaction in life, whether it's on the street or online, but parenting is hard work and it's especially with video games it's not as simple as it was in the 80s with nintendo where Mm. you know you know there were no objectionable games because they didn't allow them so you can't just plop a kid in front of a machine and go okay he's fine for an hour it's it's like any other facet of parenting it takes hard work you have to be involved Mm -hmm. yeah have to be involved Wow. Now, just like I said, going on to my big life questions, can you recommend any, well, first of all, can you recommend any useful books or, you know, content that our parents or uh, young listeners can sort of tap into? 
Sure. Um, aside from my own awesome podcast, of course. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, one great one great resource is um, the ratings boards for video games. Uh, I know speaking from, I don't know about, um, ratings boards. I know that, uh, in Europe it's PEGI. Um, I don't remember the name for Australia, uh, but I know, and I haven't looked into those deeply, but I know for the United States ratings board, the ESRB, if you put in a video game, whether it's Donkey Kong or doom, whatever it may be, not only will it say it's rated T for teen. Yes. Not only will it say contains graphic violence, sexual situations, use of alcohol, it will then go into explicit detail and say, in the following scenes, this happens. This person decapitates this. This person has sex with that. that, 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 And it will break it down. Uh So if you're worried, so if you're worried about a game, you can look up a game and see what it says. Right. Um, Another great resource that I would like to recommend is if you're concerned about your child having a gaming addiction, uh, there are a number of great resources. Uh, one is called, uh, there's a website called Game Stoppers yeah. that helps coach people and um, educate people and get them through the, the uh, detox and rehab process. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a book, it's from a, uh, someone I've interviewed, it's a, a friend of mine, there, her name is Elaine Yuskoski. Yes. U-S-K-O-S-K-I. Yes. Uh, she wrote a book called Cyber Sober. Yeah. Her son was addicted to video games. Okay. Highly recommended. It breaks down all of the steps of addiction and what video game addiction looks like. And I mean, I read it and I and I saw certain steps in my, one of my own kids and went, okay, we've got to nip this in the butt. Okay. We gotta, we gotta stop that. Wow. And, We've taken action since, but yeah, it's I th- those. I think that that will open your eyes to what video game addiction is. Wow, wow, wow! wow. I'll definitely add that to my list just just for you know just just to yeah just to be curious and um, you know like you said you just don't know especially if you're not in it as well if you're not that's the thing isn't it if you're not in it you're, yeah. you don't know you don't know the signs like like anything you know if you're not if it's, if it's not part of your everyday or you're part of your makeup you just you're just oblivious to what's what, what goes on in in other things if you're not into it yourself now Jed what's what is the biggest lesson life has taught you it gets better <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as cliche and as greeting card sounding as it is things do get better um I know from I mean, a, a lot of your podcast is about talking, you know, tr- about the journey of teenagehood. And I think back to my teenage years and I think that how melodramatic I was and how much everything was epic and life and death. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> um, my, my, the, my first relationship was it at the time I thought it was Romeo and Juliet uh-huh. and, it was the, and it was you know either the greatest romance on earth or it was the end of the world and I look back on it and I'm still friends with her she is she is one of my best she's one of my best friends I've known her for I've known her longer than she's my oldest friend actually yeah. now that I think about it and um I look back on our relationship now and it's hilarious how melodramatic we were. Yeah. And I could laugh at how silly, uh, at how seriously we took everything. Yeah. So 
I know that teens, it's natural for them to take everything seriously because their brains are still developing. They're still learning about the world and themselves. It gets better, guys. It really, you get older, you get more comfortable with yourself, you get more comfortable with your identity and your place in the world. It does get better. Wonderful. Love it, love it, love it. And it's just worth mentioning what you've put here about sort of career. You've put here, don't get a job, don't get a career, find out what you like to do and figure out how to monetize it. Um, do you want to elaborate on that, that point? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, that, if you go into a job and I'm not fond of my job, to be honest, it's not, it's not a glamorous job. It's not what I wanted to do. I yeah. wanted to do something creative and I never really followed up on it. And I regret it. I, it, it drives me nuts because I, I feel a creative burn and a desire to do, to do something with that. If you've got something you love and it doesn't have to be creative. If you like wildlife, become a zookeeper. Mm. Or, jo- or join the Department of Wildlife and or you know the equivalent of that in wherever you live. Yeah. Uh, you know, whatever it may be, find something you love and figure out what a career is that involves that. Because yes. if you do, if you do that, then every day that you go to work, it isn't work. Yeah. It's just you're you're getting paid to do your hobby. Yeah. Love it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I mean, you've said quite some really powerful things here. I mean, my last question is, what's the most important message you would like to leave with us today with regards to gaming? Gaming, like anything else, is a multifaceted, uh, complex form of entertainment, but it is not inherently evil. Gaming is what you get out of it. If you are a gamer, you already know that you've been gaming and we're all trying to figure out how to be parents to our gamer kids. You know, we're all trying to make up the rules. Don't worry if you fall down and make a mistake sometime, your kid won't become a monster for it. But if you're a non-gamer, don't be afraid of the games. I mean, just the same way as your grandparents were afraid of rock and roll. It's just that irrational. It's just a form of entertainment. Even though it's interactive, it's still just a form of entertainment. Don't treat it like this great evil. Try it. You don't have to like it, but just try and understand that it's something that your kids love and try and get, you know, look into it, be it, get educated about it. Like I said, you don't have to get, you don't have to love it, but at least learn what it is and learn why they love it. And through that, you still, you may not have to play, but you'll still form a stronger bond with your kid. Yeah, brilliant. Great way to end the show. Thank you, Jed. Powerfully said. Powerfully, thank you. powerfully, powerfully said. Um, thank you so much. That was great. Loved it. I learned, I learned, I learned a few things, you know, on this interview. It's a, no, it's been absolutely brilliant. Um, how, how can our listeners connect with you, Jed? I'm on Twitter at GPSG podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show also has a Facebook page, uh, the gamer parent strategy guide. You can follow me on Twitter and I'll follow you back. I love interacting with fans. You cool. could, you could uh, like the Facebook page, uh, the game, uh, the podcast, like I said earlier is available on just about every podcasting platform known to man. Uh-huh. Uh, so just search for it and you'll find it. Uh, yeah. I do. Uh, like I said, I also have a column, 
uh, that's on 411mania.com in the game section that posts uh-huh. uh, every few weeks. Uh, you can follow me there as well. That, that's that's everywhere I connections. am. Yeah, yep. <laughs> You're on quite a few platforms there. Oh, brilliant, Jed! Thank you so 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 much. And listeners, I hope you got as much value out of that as much as I did. Remember to check out my link in my bio as well. And if you're looking for a mentor or transformational coach, please um, hit me hit me up or email me. And um, yeah, I'd be more than happy to support you. So until next week, um, keep learning. Live fearlessly, practice gratitude and love unconditionally. This is Carol Oakley. Peace and love to you all.